Hey, acclaimed actor Mark Christopher Lawrence is here with us today, and we got seven, I'm telling you, seven shocking things you want to know about book publishing during Corona. And I sit down with everybody's favorite sportcaster right here on Off the Fence with Finch. I'm Finch, and it all starts right now. I turn it on, and I leave it on. Broadcasting around the world on the World Wide Web. This is Off the Fence with Finch. All I can say is wow. I'm addicted to this. All right, guys, my first guest tonight is no stranger to you guys. You've seen him on NBC's Chuck. You've seen him in Will Smith's Pursuit of Happiness, and you're seeing him right here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Off the Fence, my man, Mark Christopher Lawrence. All right, Mark Christopher Lawrence, ladies and gentlemen. What's up? What's up, buddy? It was Gremlins. I mean, I've, I've used this platform probably 40 times during the pandemic and right. never had an issue. It, hey, it's bound to happen one time or another. All right, so welcome to the Fireside Chat here on Off the Fence with Finch. Um, so does anybody ever ask you, are you any kin to Martin Lawrence? Every once in a while, someone will ask me that. Are you? And I go, um, that's crazy in my family, but not that crazy. Not that kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for those of that that are not familiar with you, you've been in the industry for a number of years. So let's start by telling people who is Mark Christopher Lawrence. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a young man straight out of Compton, uh, you know, raised in Compton, uh, ran into a teacher that got me involved in speech and debate who also got me involved with uh, a mentor who got me involved in comedy. And uh, she put me in my first play, which I won the Company Unified School District Literary Olympiad. Okay. And so from there, that led me directly to a debate scholarship to USC. And one of my debate coaches had a friend who was an agent, came to see me in a play, and the rest is history. The rest is history. Now, do you remember your very first major opportunity? First audition was that same year when I met this agent. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even have money for pictures. She she paid for my first pictures. Wow. And um, sent me out on my first audition for Hill Street Blues. And I booked the job. It was on the machine before I even got home. So then I spent wow. the next year racing home to check the machine. <laughs> now, you know how long ago that was. You talking about answering machine, an actual machine. With the taping and all that, huh? And and part of it was wood. <laughs> <laughs> part of that was wood. So 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 somebody who's getting into the industry now, uh, you know, the industry has changed quite a bit. Now you okay. have social media. You have a host of ways that you don't have to do the traditional route to to get into Hollywood and to do your own thing. Um, what are some of the things that you're seeing that's trending now that you say, hey, I have to up my resume? You, you're thinking about years and years ago when you first started and someone had to assist you. Now, are you assisting other people to, to, to you know? I'm, I'm always hoping somebody, you know, um, you know, people ask me, I just I tend not to say no. Um, I think now the biggest thing for me is the social media piece 
Okay. Because back in the old days, I mean, just as a stand-up comic, just based on my resume, I didn't mm-hmm. get booked. Right. Now it's all about your social media. Yes. Yeah. It's all about the numbers on social media, how many followers you have, because they want to know if you are an influence and impacting people. Doesn't matter about all the other work you've done. Right. And, and here's the thing is like you have, I have fans that show up because they know me from, you know, a, a movie or a TV show or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and which really has nothing to do with my social media. The social media helps them know what I'm doing. But, right. um, uh, when you when you get a bunch of guys, these young guys who, who will go out and buy a bunch of followers, and you know, oh yeah, I got a hundred thousand followers, <laughs> but then they get booked, and eight people show up. Wow! You know, so I, I I don't know what the answer is, and and but I know that it's it's a tool that I have to uh, build rapidly. So, so I didn't know you can buy followers. You you can actually buy people that follow you. Are they buy, buy real people? Followers. Wow. In fact, I, I've been approached many times. Listen, uh, we can get you a hundred thousand followers in a couple of weeks. Uh, no, that's okay because I need the hundred thousand followers to show up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, what would you say has been the or one of the toughest things you had to endure in the industry? Mm. I think I think the toughest thing for me I'm I'm dealing with right now is, you know, I mean it's hard to tell because of because of the, the COVID beard, <laughs> but but uh, um, you know I'm 56, and so uh, without this beard I don't look 56, and so um, the toughest part for me is is finding where I am you know, uh, age range wise, you know, people will see like an old picture of me and bring me in based on that. And then I get there and, and, you know, I look like my old pictures, but then if I'm standing there next to guys in their sixties, I don't look 60. Right. And if I'm standing there next to guys in, in their forties, like in, like 40 years old, I don't look 40, but I don't look 56. So that's been the toughest part is dealing with, you know, this pretty face. <laughs> curse you curse with the pretty huh mm-hmm. so you, you you have a young man's look in an old man's body i take right the old, i tell you what and you know it's an old man's body because every day you wake up something new hurts for no good reason no good reason i remember one time my, my elbow was killing me i end up going to emergency and they do like a cat scan and x-ray and, and the, the er doc says you know it's it's tennis elbow I said, see, that's why they call it a practice, because because what is it about me that makes you think I even watch tennis? <laughs> uh, so he thought you played tennis? <laughs> yeah, he said it was tennis elbow. I was like, dude, I walk right past the tennis stuff. <laughs> now, guys, if you just joining us, we have with us uh, actor, comedian, voiceover, artist, Mark Christopher Lawrence. You guys have seen him in a number of television shows and films and movies he's here with us tonight and mark at the end of the show i'm gonna ask you to fill in some sentences for me okay that's gonna be fun 
Well, here we go. <laughs> but see, you're a comedian, so you're, you're quick on your feet. So you can come up with material fairly fast, right? And we'll see. <laughs> well, you know, that 56 might be. <laughs> we'll see if, if you still got it. You know, many moons ago when me and you met, did we meet in Hollywood? I think the first time face to face was in Hollywood. I in was Hollywood, at an audition. When we filmed that uh that uh PSA for uh yeah. UNCF, right? I mean uh, yeah. the National Urban League, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was man, Mark, that was man, that was what? That might have been twelve years ago. Really? Yeah, you talking time about flies, Pat, bro. A, a decade ago, man. Time fly. I had none of this. None of this. this none of that. I didn't have any of it. Either. I didn't have any of this either. Yeah. See all this gray? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mine's is matching your gray, and I'm not. I'm not fifty six. <laughs> See, I'm just forty six. See. See. So when I get fifty six, well, I, I have some of those fifty six year old problems now. Like I, like I got twelve. I look twelve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you let me shave this gray off or, or dye it black like some of my other colleagues do. Look like you still got you still got playing cards in your spokes. <laughs> it's a possibility. I have a right now. It's a possibility. All right. So, uh, what would you say is your greatest heart desire? Um, I, I mean, career wise, probably to, to just continue to work just just being that group of actors that uh that are working actors and i've been pretty good at it so for quite a while so you know let's see what happens after this after this situation we're in clears up <laughs> so so let's talk about corona for a second because it's something that came upon us unexpectedly in mm. a sense for for most of us um for conspiracy theorists they would say hey the government already knew they already had it planned but for those of us in common america who were not aware how did this impact you initially and how is it impacting you now uh, well i think initially um you know like like last year you know, I really, my, my career, my comedy side of my career really took off. Uh-huh. You know, I did a dry bar comedy special and got a lot of, a lot of views on that. Um, I got one, one clip that has 18.9 million views. Wow. And so from that, you know, all these gigs started popping up and then, um, you know, and, and clearly when you're working, things happen, you know? Right. And so, um, I went from, really busy from say mid August, late July, all the way through the end of February and then started auditioning for pilots and stuff and then breaks. And it's like, it was like just, just hemorrhaging gigs every, every day, phone calls, emails, text messages. Hey, we're canceling. Hey, we got to postpone. Hey, you know, just one after another. So uh, went from really busy to nothing. Right. You know, still losing gigs. So, um, just lost two this month. So 
Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, man. Yeah, same, same <laughs> here. You know, um, ironically enough, Corona has impacted a number of us in a variety of ways. And it's an unfortunate thing, but, you know, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is I felt like uh, purposeful, you know, I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had a purpose anymore. It's like, what mm. am I doing? You know, and so looking at, well, hey, I like talking to people. I know a host of people in and around the industry. I know people that know people that know people. Right. So let me do something that's going to fulfill me, make me happy, but also help other people, you know, there, because, there you, go. you know, here on Off the Fence, we helping people get get off the fence, <laughs> you know, because we're all, everybody's on the fence about a host of things in life. Would it be relationships, finances, uh, jobs, careers, whatever the case may be? Right. And so why not help people get off that fence so they can be better people? You know? There's a guy uh, that I met who he lives he lives here in San Diego, but he um, you know clearly an international kind of dude. He he did a TED talk several years ago and it's and has become a millionaire from it. Wow! And, and, and basically his approach to life in general has been, you know, I have this information. Let me help people with it, and in the process of helping people, it ends up paying back you know tenfold. Right. You know, and, and he just he just truly wants to see people succeed. You know, we had this long conversation and, and uh, you know, I said, well, you know, I'd like to do a TED talk, but <clears throat> I don't know that there's uh, a payment element on my TED talk because because of what it is, you know. Right. And he said, he says, well, you know, the thing is, he says, your heart is in the right place. He says, you have to he said, he said your heart is in the right place. You're trying to help people. He says, and, and because of that, you don't have to worry about the pay. The pay is going to come. Right. You know, he says, so so just continue to, to pursue this avenue of trying to help people. And he says, because he says, I, I didn't know how to get paid from, from doing this. He says, and then all of a sudden, there were doors opening that I didn't expect that were going to open. Right. He said, it was just because I was trying to help people. So and and and, and that's about what you do. Yeah. Helping people is always good. I don't think you can ever go wrong when you're trying to help people. Mm-hmm. No matter what, because it's I believe helping people is going to always fulfill you. I think that's one of our life's purposes to assist people in some area of their lives. Yeah. So, yeah. So you still live in San Diego? Oh, yeah. Man, it, it, now you tell what's crazy. We saw more of each other when I didn't live here. I've lived I here. Know, right? Eight years now, and oh, we haven't wow. seen each other yet. We've been talking about we was gonna get up for for years now. Hang so. out, <laughs> <laughs> right? Let's hang out, man. man Come on, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. I remember when you used to drive to L.A. almost every day, right? Train. Yeah, you used to tra- train it here. You, yeah, yeah, I remember you used to do that. I'd be like, dude, man, that that, that was a journey, right? Yeah, that, that's you know, I mean that that was the way to do it when I was, you know, doing a lot of auditions. It's like it's it just hop on that train, hop my car on the other end, do what I gotta do, drive back to the train station, come on home. Yeah, yeah. So so post corona, outside of acting, you know, you know, I started stand up last Did year. You? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, you man. Need, you need a coach? I do. I I do. See, <laughs> I really do need a coach. I'm, uh, I'm coaching man on Zoom. It's you know one on ones. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Um, 
And one of the things I, I love about stand is like I'm really coming into my comedy persona mm. um, and really becoming that person so I can tell my stories. You know, I, I've heard stories of comedians starting out who, you know, they get on stage and they're funny, but they're not really saying anything. You know what I'm right. saying? And so I don't want to be one of those comedians just being funny, but yeah. I'm, I'm learning now how to share my life stories events that are funny that I can share when I'm on stage. And I'm telling you, man, I've been on stage a few times now. Uh, yeah. I had a chance to perform downtown before COVID. I was going to perform at the, um, the big comedy spot up in Van Nuys. Okay. And, um, and so, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back out here and, and being able to perform again. But I really love it, man. You know, as a now, one of the things I didn't know about you were you, your voiceover. Um, actor now we, we kind of share the same thing um now outside of acting i have never really acted i've been in a few things but it wasn't really much speaking mm -hmm. it's just personality wise but uh, i've done voiceover for years and now getting into comedy so for you some give us some of the voices that you've done some of the voice characters you've done i, I usually get hired to do uh my voice really yeah like like um, most of the voiceover gigs I get uh, is you know me being like the young dad or something like that or uh -huh. you know um, I, I, I tell my agent I am nine for nine when auditioning over the phone I've had over the years nine gigs that I booked over the phone just you know they call me up and say hey here's the copy we'll call you right back. Then they call me back and I read it and then they go, oh yeah, we'll go, let's do let's do that. Right. Um, I did um, eight years on a series called um, Adventures in Odyssey, which has been on probably over thirty five years now. Wow. And um, all the kids that played my kids in the family, they grew up in, in real life, and then the, the young lady who played my wife, you know, she lost her battle with cancer. And oh. so since all of that happened, you know, the, the, the fam that family is gone. But they did bring me back one episode last season. Um, but but I, I tend to work for the same four or five people over and over again. Um, but talking about voices, I mean, I did uh, my first job out of college. I, I did a play with San Francisco Mime Troupe. And mm -hmm. so in that play, I played uh, nine characters, all different, all different voices. Um, then I did a show at the San Diego Rep and played, uh, I think six characters. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then I did a show with, with, uh, Lamb's Players Theater where I played 15 characters. Okay. So I can do voices, but it's like, you know, they don't just pop into my head and start talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> you would probably seem crazy if that happened, right? Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> we can get much work out of that if, if you do that. Um, so, so oftentimes people are asking seasoned actors, what advice would you give young people? Uh, people just starting out in the industry. I'm not going to ask you that question. I want to know, what would you say to someone who may have gone out on a few auditions, haven't booked anything yet, and they feel like, hey, maybe I made a bad decision or the wrong decision getting into this industry. What would you say to them? I'll, I'll tell you this. My, the first, my first five years out of college, um, all my friends who were, who were on the debate team, 
were clerking for judges and working for major law firms and I'm struggling waiting tables and bartending and and um, but every time it seems like I wanted to try to go do something else it's like God closed the door mm. and then gave me a gig and okay. so um, what I would say to those people is is don't give up if this is really what you want don't give up just keep pursuing it because it'll happen for you you know people that went to school with me you know me and tommy ford were in the same class at that mm -hmm. and um we were we, we used to laugh and say we were 100 percent of the black population of the the usc bachelor of fine arts candidates mm -hmm. you know, for that year and um he and I and probably a handful of others are still in the business. Well, you know, he passed, but but everybody else gave up. Wow. So if you give up, then you don't have a shot at all. Would you say it's easy to give up versus to press forward and persevere? You know, if it was if if, if this industry was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would do it, yeah. You know what I mean? So, no, it's not going to be easy. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you, tell you that it is. You know, every day there's some sort of a challenge. There's some kind of thing. The other night I was had this, the mother of all sinus infections mm. and had to put a, an audition down on tape, you know, on self-tape. And, you know, I looked at the tapes that I shot and went, oh, these look terrible. I look sick. And so I called a friend of mine and took a shower and then he came over and shot it. And it was much better because I didn't have to try to deal with the camera and all that. And I was actually reading with somebody and we got two good takes out of it and sent it in. So you got to work at it. Got to work at it. Do you, you think people in today's industry that's coming in today don't work as hard as, you know, some of you guys? I don't know. I, I I wouldn't say that. I think I think people that really want it work hard, mm. and that's the thing. It's like it's like either you're gonna work hard or you're not gonna play. That's right. That's the way it is. That's the way it goes. All right. So here we go. I want you to finish these sentences. <coughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> All right. Life is. challenging mm. the world needs love okay now what kind of love we talk <laughs> all kinds of love i mean okay somebody I mean, needs love that, tonight huh we, we, we're we're in, we're in a situation now where love is is not you know readily available you mm. know it's like the, the 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 cultural division the racial division and all that that's because love is absent. All right. All right. I believe in. The basic goodness of people. The basic good. And what would you say the basic goodness of people are? That's going to vary from person to person. Everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses. And um, some of us make choices that are based on on you know, being good, trying to help people. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that, that that's, that's uh, some of the glue that holds 
the fabrics of society together. Okay. You know, just basic goodness. Okay. Be good to each other, people. Be good to each other, people. All right. Love is. Most excellent. Ooh, look at you. You went to private school, didn't you? Uh, college. <laughs> I, went, I, went to, I went to public school in college. <laughs> All right, here's the last one. I want to thank. Wow. God, my mother, my sister, uh, everybody who, who has ever done anything to help me do what I'm doing today. Uh, Mrs. Schilling, you know, that 10th grade teacher that got me involved in all of this. Um, Perry Brents, Lennon Trotter. Uh, there's so many people that, that I could thank. You know, my, every pastor that I've ever run into, um, even even over the past couple of years, just running into pastors doing comedy at churches. Mm -hmm. um, I have an army of people praying for me all the time. You know, even even when, it, when I feel like, you know, things are at their darkest, there's always something popping up on my phone. Somebody's sending me a message, mm. you know, that I need right at that moment, which has been such a brilliant, brilliant thing. You know, just just want to thank thank all those people for being in my life and enriching my life and, and praying for me. Okay. Now you talked about dark times. How does Mark Christopher Lawrence maneuver through challenging times that you deem to be dark? Uh, you, you try not to let it shut you down. You know, I think I probably over the past nine, ten years, I probably had one of the darkest periods of my life. And, and, and in that, you know, the challenge was to get up every day and go do something. Mm. You get up every day and and and, and, I, and, and I'm not going to lie to you. There were a couple of days where I was just like, you know, I'm just going to stay in this bed. I'm not, I'm not adulting today. Mm. And then. Um, <clears throat> So, so I would say, get, get up, move, keep moving, keep moving. Because if you if you lay there and and die, you know it, it it'll let you. How 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 would you say someone? Because you know, oftentimes when we are in those dark places, and we've all been there, um, and I think sometimes when you are known for your your work and considered a celebrity of some sort, it's a tad bit difficult to maneuver at times because you're looking at sometimes people are thinking about what people are thinking or saying. So someone who's sitting at home right now through COVID, through challenges, through, let's say, a divorce, loss of job, whatever the case may be. How do you think, in your opinion, they can maneuver mentally? Because oftentimes that's the challenge is it's in it's in your mind, you know, how to move from one place to the next. What would you? What advice would you give them about getting over their mental roadblocks? The first thing you got to do is you got to surround yourself with people who won't let you lay down. You know, you have to surround yourself with a group of people that 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 love you unconditionally. The group of people that have only your best interest at heart uh -huh. and give you the the straight dope every time. You know, sure, it's going to sting a little bit, but then they're going to give you a hug at the end. Right. Um, but but uh, you got to start there. Find you a core group of people that you can count on, that you can turn to when things are bad. Um, That's good. People that, that have an uplifting word are, are people that, that are really good at problem solving and, 
you know, my, my group of friends that, that, that are in that circle, you know, some of them are military, some of them are engineers, mm. and they all have a different strength. And we feed on each other. And we help each other. And if something happens, you know, we're all there. That's good. That's good. Mark Christopher Lawrence, ladies and gentlemen, how can people, if they want to follow you, they want to get involved in some of the things you're doing, uh, where can they find you? MarkChristopherLawrence.com. MarkChristopherLawrence.com. That's easy. All the stuff from here is on there. Clips, reels. <laughs> Everything you need, right? Yep. All right. Mark Christopher Lawrence, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I really, really appreciate you. And uh, we got to hang out soon, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Up next, the publisher himself is here to help you with tips to get you along your way. We'll be right back. Whether your day starts at home or 3,000 miles away, there is one constant. Great days start by looking your best. From the moment you cinch your tie, adjust your scarf, put on your shoes, or straighten your name tag, every detail of your uniform was designed with you in mind. The new uniform collection by Land's End, created for you and by you. Pride in profession and passion for what we do every single day is the driving force behind the best trained, most skilled team members in the business. Together, we are American Airlines, and we make this look good.